Hello and welcome to this episode of the Compatible You podcast, where we speak weekly about all things women's health in an attempt to break the stigma of what makes us us. So my guest today is someone who I connected with on social media. And when we connected, I was really excited because the energy she gave out and what she was putting out into the world through her social media, her business is pretty awesome and definitely think we're on the same kind of value alignment and all the good stuff like that. So I'm just going to dive straight into it. And I just I want to introduce Amy from Amy Louise Coaching, also the hod, the hod, the host of the Fit and Free podcast. So pretty much jack of all trades there. So if you'd like to, Amy, welcome. And if you could give my listeners a little spill about you, because you've got a lot of things happening, which is exciting. Thank you so much for that introduction, Emma. I very much appreciate those kind words from you. So I am primarily an online coaching educator for women and I do focus on physique outcomes in terms of the way I coach it primarily revolves around custom training nutrition and also mindset components uh, because and I'm sure we're going to dive into this a lot in mindset component is a huge part of building bodies women love And I'm a really strong believer that that is a possibility, uh, even though it might not seem like it. And the education courses that I have, I have two. They are purely education only, so they're not coaching. One is called Shred Phase, which it's so funny because um, I'm in the second last week of round one of it now. It is all about how to get great physique outcomes through a deficit phase, but I spend most of it talking about why we need to be very careful in them, that they should take it extremely seriously. Uh, And I talk a lot about warnings, considerations. So I just want to make it very clear that it is absolutely not a coaching challenge or something like that. It It is. For the woman who is like, you know what, yes, uh, I do want to be in a deficit. This is this is her, for her to be able to undertake it in the most healthy and safe manner possible. Then I have growth phase, again, purely education-based. And it's for the woman who wants to get jacked. So she wants I to gain that. muscle. <laughs> she wants to gain muscle mass primarily. And again, uh, it's purely education-based. But just talking about a, a lot of growth phase is still dealing with the mindset of gaining scale weight, gaining um, size, going up sizes, uh, as well, of of course, like, you know, mechanisms of muscle hypertrophy and, you know, nutrition and training and all that. But I've actually found with both of them, the support required in terms of mindset is next level. Mm. Uh, I have my coaching wing and then, which is actually going to be formally announced soon. Jack Girl University wearing the t-shirt for anyone watching. Um, I saw that and was like, that is the best universe. Like that's a university I could get around and be happy to go to. And it was really important to me to focus on the constructive component, which is like, you know, getting Jack muscle growth because um, it, it's very important in in my journey and building a body I love, but in almost all of my coaching clients, it has been an integral part of them building confidence both inside and out. So that's a little bit of a spiel on myself. (laughs) Yeah, beautiful. Thank you for that. Very insightful. And I think it's 
seriously like quite responsible how you tackle the deficit program and how you coach women who come to you because there are so many I guess irresponsible coaches out there and diets that don't get like give that support so can you kind of talk about I guess some of the challenges that you face because you I think you might have people come to you who might have tried some crazy stuff before and think that's what they also like they need to keep doing so if you could talk about that Sure. This is huge. This is like underpinning my whole coaching business. And I think at the moment, you know, we're all in individual vacuums of what we're consuming online. Now, what I seem to be consuming a lot of online at the moment, I sort of have two realms because I will be competing at the end of the year in a bikini comp. So I've got all of that, which is very different to lifestyle physique, right? Yeah. In the life physique realm I think we've seen a huge pendulum swing and again this is very specific to me so I don't know if everyone will resonate but I've seen a a big shift from you know six-pack abs to more people talking about that perhaps being in a diet at all or being in a deficit at all is not the right thing to do it's not healthy there's all of these warnings that you know I've spoken about before and then we, of course, have the um, spectrum right up the other end, which is you should be ashamed of ever wanting to lose body fat. You know, um, being in a deficit is the absolute worst thing that you could ever do. And anyone who's recommending it is a horrible coach, right? So we do, yeah. we've got this huge spectrum and it's like, you know, I think we have to look at, we all come from our own experiences, our own learning, our own education. And of course, I have a group of women that resonate with me in my teachings and the women that resonate with me and, and what I believe and what I've seen in my own life, my own span of body image, training, nutrition, whatever trajectory is that, yes, we can actually build an aesthetic physique that we love without having to dabble in the the very dangerous side of things. We can actually do this, you know. It is extremely nuanced. Yeah. Yeah. It's extremely specific to the person. It does take time and effort and a lot of thought and attention, yes. Uh, But... I don't quite agree with the whole you should never want to do this and it's shameful to even want that outcome. Mm-hmm. And then I also see that the other end of the spectrum, maybe a more competitive lifestyle, is absolutely not what these women need, you know. They need somewhere in between and it's not very sexy to be in, in the middle. It's not very sexy to be in the, in the land of nuance and the land of grey. Mm. Um, how appropriate that my t-shirt is great but um, (laughs) this is where I am and this is the woman that I'm providing for so in terms of the challenges that come up look there are a lot and a lot of them a lot of them I've been through personally and I've come out the other side and I think this is just a really important point to make and um, I don't really care if this makes it sound like I'm full of myself (laughs) but go for it I want we want to hear it (laughs) You know, I've experienced a lot of issues when it comes to overtraining, um, under eating, body image, even some things I've never spoken about before in terms of like disordered eating behaviors um, and thoughts, really, really negative thoughts about myself and my body image. But I actually have come out the other side. And I think what we're seeing a lot with, unfortunately, 
with the people who are on the end of you should never ever want to um, you know look to a physique outcome and all these kind of negative things I actually think that maybe they're there because they haven't come out the other side <laughs> yeah oh I love that yeah things go we become quite neutral we don't have that fire and passion so much anymore when it's something that doesn't affect us and to be so steadfast in the no, this is shameful. You should never want it. Putting women down, putting friends down for paying a lot of attention to their food and nutrition. It makes me wonder, and I cannot speak for everyone, but it does make me wonder if it's because maybe that person is still on their own journey. But when we come out the other side of this, which I absolutely have, it becomes fucking fun. Sorry, I don't know if I can. Oh no, it. I always have explicit on my podcast, so go for it. Yeah. <laughs> fun it becomes a real playground of um, you know it's even it's a level above acceptance it's like almost worshiping our own physique and loving our body for all of the amazing things that can do and the fact we're able to create and build something that we're also really proud of which to me is just the epitome of fun um, so in terms of the challenges that a lot of the women coming to me face so Probably the, the biggest one is, and just giving the listeners an idea of who I coach, she's very typically a high achiever type, a perfectionist type of woman. Um, she does know, though, that she's had enough of this shit and that she wants to she wants to use those character traits to her benefit without the downsides of those traits. And those traits often present themselves in terms of, over-exercising. So in her mind, because she, this will often come out in uni, um, she's probably seen it in high school and then in work, is overachieving. Uh, and this comes out in overtraining and thinking that if I stay longer at the gym, if I do more sets than the next woman, if I, you know, looking at my Apple Watch, track my heart rate, <laughs> absolutely something I don't recommend. If I, if I go harder and, you know, do more than the next person, I'm going to succeed. It's crazy that so you said that because I'm sitting here and it's like, God, that used to be me. Like, yep, I used to think if my watch didn't say I was like close to death with my heart rate, like I wasn't working hard enough. So, yeah, can totally resonate with that. Yeah, so that's that's probably one of the greatest obstacles. I I don't ever get too much pushback in terms of bringing um, training volume down uh, because almost always I'm bringing a woman's training volume down from five or six days to generally four days per week. Some of my clients are doing three days of training per week um, and the volume I start with the basically like, you know, a moderate amount of sets. Should we need to build up? We do. I very rarely need to take any woman over like 90 sets per week. Um, most of my women around 75 to 85 sets per week, right? Uh, and not to say we can't train five days. I do have a few women not training five days, but the majority are only on four days. And the reason why I don't get much pushback is because she's at a wit's end. When these clients come to me, they're done. They're like, you know what? Yes, this is scary and yes, this is a big leap, but they resonate with me because they know that they're ready for it, yeah? Uh, yeah, they've made that conscious decision to like approach you and be like, yeah, like I need to get my shit together. It hasn't worked for so long, so let's change it. So that that's, I guess, a positive that they can, I guess, trust the process, trust you, put their trust in you as an overachiever, I think would be quite difficult. So that's really good. 
I think a lot of them, and again, like, you know, you were talking about, and I, I've done this as well, just coming to the point of slamming yourself with so many of these shred, shred style challenges, six week, 12 week, whatever challenges, and they're at their wits end. They're like, I, I burnt out. I'm totally burnt out. I can't do this. But, you know, I love training. Yeah. <laughs> so I need managing this so that's that's number one number two is the it's it's under eating i i don't often get a woman who consistently is overeating every single day most of my clients are um they might be in i won't say binge restrict cycle because anyone with a binge eating disorder i can't help i don't specialize in that you know they have to be referred out um but it could be restriction and overeating just so that they're at they end up at a maintenance intake and so they're not able to get their um, fat loss outcomes uh, because of that but they feel like really uncontrolled when it comes to their food and it all stems back to just over restriction a lot of that is you know we have some body image issues we have some mindset issues but we have a lot of um what do i say it's not even education just magazine bullshit that we've all read know about this is how you should eat this is my 1200 calorie diet this is what Kim Kardashian eats every day to maintain her physique like all of that shit it's not education it's just a verbal diarrhea in the media about how we should how we should consume our food so that's what's gotten in their way um so again with a lot of my women this is probably where I have more pushback than with the training I start every single female out on at least maintenance intake if she's had some issues I will say we're going to stay at maintenance for a long period of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I have uh, some clients as well, quite a few actually who really want to build muscle mass and it scares the hell out of them. So they've, they've asked me for help to take them through a surplus, even though it's terrifying. Um, and yeah, I've worked with actually quite a number of women who I've taken through surplus periods who, you know, they really need someone in their corner to say like, yes, this is the amount that we should be eating. Yes. The centimeters that are going up are because you're building a physique, the physique that you want, you know, nothing's out of control here. And, um, you know, my coaching is like really thorough in terms of metrics that we track and um, taking everything on a weekly basis. And I provide, audio check-in reply so you know they're about anywhere from five to ten minutes each depending on how um you know on a roll I get but they they do get a lot of support along the way because I get that it can be quite scary in doing that so we've got the over-exercising we've got the under-eating and then probably the third thing is just this self-flagellation that comes with being a perfectionist recovering perfectionist nothing you ever do is good enough nothing absolutely nothing and um it can be very strange for a nervous system to become accustomed to rest and a lot of my clients that I speak to when I start to see you know their daily steps and stuff I'm like why are you doing 15 to 17,000 steps when we're at maintenance we're going to be chilling out and it's like oh well I went on a hike on my rest day and it's like that's not a rest day not a rest day <laughs> yeah yeah. So, um, I'm very, very specific with making sure these women don't go over step targets. Um, this is going to sound harsh, but I make sure they have a legitimate reason if they do. Um, I really pull them up on it. I'm like, why are we doing this many steps? And you That's know, what they need, isn't it? Because I guess I've done what they've done for so long and it's so normal for them that they need someone to be like, no, and it's not being rude. It's nothing like that. It's just pulling them up to help them because you're helping them yeah it's very easy for a high achiever to see her steps are over 
10, 12K and have that as a badge of honour. So it's my job to help them rewrite that narrative and to actually see it's doing them more of a disservice than anything else. I love that, that badge of honour because that's, I guess, kind of what we've been taught for so long. Like we're not meant to be eating heaps. We're meant to be doing heaps of cardio. And if you're doing that, you're fitting what society wants you to do. So, of course, it's that badge of honour. So I really like how that's a focus of you to remove that, I guess, gratification for doing that because what like what are you doing? What is that going to help? Absolutely. And this can even um, carry over into deficit phases that I do do with my women. I make sure that if we're both decided on a course of action, so just say a conservative or a moderate approach, you know, they're not an advanced level client who this woman, you know, advanced level clients have all their shit together. The narrative, the limiting narratives aren't there. They're just sweet and we can get shit done in and out. Right. Yeah. newbies to um you know the way i approach and just this sort of uh, i guess chilling out approach uh, i won't i'm not happy when they go above and beyond their targets either yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we'll make it clear that we've you know we've chosen this specific route to ensure results to ensure maintenance of their results to ensure maintenance of muscle mass longevity they don't burn out we're not just once again feeding into the same old shit with a different label you know yeah i don't want to see excessive behaviors either in the deficit like we can do what i've said in the structure that i've said uh we go past that i'm still saying why why are you doing this do you find that really difficult for them because i guess when they've overachieved and you know you've set this benchmark they go over it usually in every other scenario they'd be like oh awesome look at the effort you're putting in but is it weird for them to kind of hear them not being um, egged on i guess yeah, I, you know what? Again, I think it's because the woman who comes to me is ready for the change. I think we have a laugh about it. Um, and I think that they become really self-aware through the coaching process because, you know, I'm here to hold a mirror up and you can't escape looking at yourself in a mirror. Um, you know, that's my job. <laughs> so oh, I think they're ready to take it on. And I've never had, I've never had someone who has, you know, totally said, you know, no, I'm not going to do that or whatever. It's usually met with a giggle and, uh, oh, shit, I can see what I'm doing. Yeah, I was going to say it would be like, a, oh, shit, like I know I need to do this, let's just get it done. But, yeah, in saying that, it's it's pretty crazy. Like I think as society or coaches or whatever, we kind of get on these bandwagons where I think at the moment we're coming through a phase of like you talked about before, it's wrong to want to lose weight, it's wrong to want to change your body. And it's, yeah, it's a bit frustrating because it's like, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I guess it's just what you're putting on that weight loss. And you've put up quite a few posts about, I guess, putting your weight, uh, your worth on your weight. Um, so can you talk to me about that? Because yeah, you've got some awesome posts. I've got a couple up now that I'm looking at about your body dysmorphia and your food freedom. Yeah, yeah this is a big topic, eh? Yeah. Um, and I just want I won't use any specific numbers because I know it can be pretty triggering for people. So I'll just, I'll just talk generally, but I came from a place where I think maybe at about 14, 15 in ish, I think where I started to become really conscious of my body and I was by no means overweight. I was very athletic and sporty. Um, I would say lean, I would say really quite lean. Right. And 
I didn't think I was because I didn't feel that I measured up to the very, very athletic girls that I was friends with. Um, those ones winning all of the uh, athletic events and, and all those sort of things. Like, I didn't quite measure up and, you know, I'm quite short and small. You know, they're quite tall um, and lean and I just saw such a gap between me and them. And I think that that started some pretty poor self-talk. And then, like, I'm just going to be real, you know. Yeah, um, yeah boyfriends and things like that you know I was always kind of you know liking someone and it wasn't reciprocated and they were kind of interested in the you know the, the, the other girls and I was like well it's because I'm short and it's because of this and it's because of that um Your telling you that it's you not everything else is like that you're the problem of course yeah and again, it's sort of, you know, the way I was brought up was if you get anything less than an A plus, it's not good enough. So any problem is your fault. Like it's on you. You're not good enough. And nothing you ever do unless it's 100% is good enough. So that lasted into uni. That lasted. So that lasted a long, long, long time. And again, so through none of this period was I even close to overweight, you know, um, absolutely not. And I was talking to a girl randomly at a party. I think I might have been t- anywhere from 23 to 25. And she was my height. She was smaller than me. And she mentioned how much she weighed. This was such an odd conversation. She oh, mentioned how. That's that. It's a party. What are you doing? That's not interesting. Yeah. And so I had this number in my head and I was fixated. I was like, okay, you know what, if I can get to this number, because she, you know, had a boyfriend and just seemed so carefree and all of these things. And um, I was like, okay, you know, I'm like 25. Like, what am I doing thinking about this, right? Spending so much of my brain power um, thinking about this. And, you know, I was um, actually nothing younger. It must have been 23 because I was, you know, finishing uni, I was doing a law degree, moving into that space. And this is still consuming my mind, not my studies. I was going to say, you've got so much going on. You've got uni, you've got navigating like adulthood and you just, yeah, it's exhausting. I can't, yeah. I had this number in my head for, for many, many years. And I thought, well, you know, what can I do to reach my goal number? Because when I do, I'm going to be happy have a boyfriend my whole life is going to be perfect um so I still like a circle door's just going to open the light's going to shine yeah and um so cutting a really long story short I got to the place where I'd done like a marathon because I thought by the end of training for the marathon that I'd be this weight and I'd feel great um, I'm a very introverted person. So I ended up training for this marathon. I was running around like this three and a half kilometer track on my own, you know, four hours every Sunday for 26 weeks. Oh, um, I, wasn't a runner. I was horrible at running, but I, I just was, I need to um, When I crossed the finish line, I did the marathon in five hours and 20 minutes, which is almost cutoff time. Like that's how bad I did this thing. <laughs> the line. Oh, God. I said in my head, I remember the step over the line. I said in my head, I'm never running again because I didn't have the physical appearance. I didn't have any of those things that I actually was trying to get. Um, and yeah, absolutely turned off running from then on. Then I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a bikini show. <laughs> um, it's your brain. It just goes to the next quick fix. It's like, oh shit, we're working. Running didn't work out. What's the next thing that's going to get me there? Yeah. 
did that for all of the wrong reasons, all of the wrong reasons you should not compete is to, I thought I'll be able to get to this lean physique and then I'm going to be able to maintain it again. You know, it's going to be a massive parade and everyone's going to think I'm amazing. All of this stuff. Now, I actually believe I, it's crazy because on stage, the number that that girl told me at the party was what I had got down to. Mm. Insane. I got there and it was the fucking worst time of my life. It I was, was going to say, I can only imagine how you were feeling. <laughs> horrible. And then there were a few things happened with the comp so that it meant I didn't, I did two shows. I didn't get to celebrate either of them. Um, and my relationship was breaking down at that time. And I had a huge rebound. And again, I won't, I won't talk numbers. I gained an incredible amount of weight in two months post that show to be way heavier than I'd ever been in my life so I so basically within two months I got to that goal that I'd been striving to for years what it was going to make my whole life different within two months way heavier than ever and relationship had broken down right <laughs> so you're like no this is not how it's meant to go everything's meant to change it this way oh it's a sad reality to kind of hit you in the face and I can laugh about it now only because I can see the the amount of good that has come from me hitting rock bottom and not just for me, but for the women I work with and the experience that I've had through this is why I can confidently say I'm out on the side now. So, so that was in 2016 in 2017 is where things changed for me massively. So I um, was being business mentored by someone and he was a personal trainer and I, I was talking to him through a lot of this stuff. He wasn't my corporate coach. And I realized I needed help. Um, I tried like the, in, you know, like, do I say intuitive eating? I just tried to eat without tracking and all those sorts of things. And it was, it was really no good. And when I met with him, he was like, we're not dieting for a minimum of six months. Uh, I will get you to track your intake. So if you're hitting your protein intake, you're being well fueled with carbs. We're going to do these awesome training blocks. Uh, you know, train four days a week, nothing crazy. We're going to do like a, a still bikini focus, you know, glutes, shoulders, lats, like stuff that I loved. I really did love the training for it. And we just went into this growth phase. So I'm at my heaviest deciding to go into a growth phase, right? Um, so this wasn't I was, you know, sort of lean and decided to go into growth phase. No, I was like at rock bottom, at my heaviest, and he's like, I don't give a fuck. We're going into a growth phase. Oh, good on him, yes. Pivotal <laughs> moment. Those six months absolutely changed my life. So the rock bottom plus those six months just totally changed my life. I started loving training I started loving building because then I could really see I was packing on muscle because I was eating heaps um getting plenty of rest I wasn't concerned with my scale weight anymore and yes you know this when I look back it actually required a huge jump and leap of, leap of faith and I think the reason why I was able to let go almost instantaneously of you know scale weight and all of that was because I'd hit such a bad place yeah I was caring about my scale weight, being so particular with being in a deficit all the time and training heaps and running and blah, 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 did jack shit. Look where it got me. I ha Even if I don't want to, and this is significantly uncomfortable, and it was for like maybe three, four of those months, I was very uncomfortable. I still knew it was the right way to go. I still knew that it was the right path to take. 
So, so that was really my story. And I think you can tell then why this is so important to me and why I, um, why women are attracted to me who have gone through the same stuff. And yeah, now I'm what, that was 2017. So started 2017 was a six months. So I don't know, five, six, five years, five and a half years or so um, since that transformation. And since then, you know, I've done uh, huge surplus phases. I've done maintenance phases. I've done a couple of deficits. Uh, I'm going back into competing at the end of the year with just a total 180 mindset shift on why I'm doing it and what it means. Um, couldn't give a fuck about a scale weight. You know, I don't even care when I'm in a particular phase. Like, I don't care. That's why I'm paying my coach. He worries about my results. And he just says, you know, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want to, want you to eat. I don't care what my scale says. I don't care. I don't even care what my centimeters are. I don't care if I have to buy new clothes and size up. <laughs> we're, we're, I'm training in the way I like. We've got, I've got these specific goals and just none of those things mean anything to me anymore. What is important to me is am I showing up each day in a way that I can be proud of? Am I living into my values? What's important to me? And um, that's where, again, the name of my podcast, Fit and Free, came from, just the free thing, this the freedom I've now found on the other side of being just holding so tightly onto, oh, my body fat has something to do with the boys that like me. My body fat has something to do with how smart I am or how well I'll be received or how I'll be seen as a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never let go of all of those things and uh, that's, yeah, that's why there's that free. <laughs> I was going to say, I love that because I think, yeah, when you hear fit and free, you don't really focus on the fit, it's more the free. And that's what so, I think that's what so many people want and they are trying to chase but sometimes they just don't know how to do that so the fact that yeah you focus on that mindset is so powerful and yeah it's really shitty that you have to hit rock bottom and go through that but it's just so good that you're using it for good to help others and of course people are going to resonate with you absolutely incredible thank you so much yeah Uh, that's what that's what I was really alluding to before is that Hopefully, because I've hit rock bottom and they've gone through this transformation, I can help women getting to that rock bottom. If they are, hey, I'm here for you too. Um, but for those that, you know, hopefully less will need to hit that place. Yeah, amazing. And yeah, I just, yeah, I kind of love and just have so much admiration for people who do turn something so shitty into something so powerful. So yes, kudos to you. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing and opening up. Like it's not always easy, but I guess, yeah, the point of this podcast and even like your podcast as well is to just talk about the shitty things, talk about the awkward things and just hopefully give other people the ability to do so. So where can my followers and listeners find you if they're looking for your services or just to see your bloody awesome posts? Thank you so much. So my two Instagrams, so my personal or coaching Instagram is Amy, A-I-M-E-E, Louise Coaching. And then I have the podcast, which is Fit and Free Podcast. So they're the best two places people can find me. Amazing. I will add them into the description for this. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. And thank you to everyone for listening. I hope you all have a really great week. See ya.